Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Homestand Sports, proudly a part of Curious Cast, Canada's fastest growing podcast network from Chorus Entertainment. It's Monday, September 25th, 2023, and I'm your host, Albert Vartanian. On today's show, we're going all Toronto Blue Jays after a big weekend series win over the Rays at Tropicana Field, a place that's been a nightmare for the Jays for years. Like, listen to this. They've played 227 games at the Trop all time. Can you guess how many times they won? If you said 90, you cheated, but that's the right answer. 90, just a cool 396 win percentage, 227 games and just 90 wins. So a series win at that theater of nightmares for the Jays in September when the Jays are trying to lock up a wild card spot is a big deal. Plus, there's a very good chance that they'll play each other in an American League wild card series. Oh, and they still have three games left against each other in Toronto to end the season. And by the time that series comes around, the Jays could already have clinched a wild card spot. As of recording this today, the Jays are comfortably sitting in the second wild card place. They're two games up on Houston and two and a half games up on Seattle. Their magic number is three, which means three wins and their final six games, and they're in. And according to the numbers, it's looking likely. Fangraphs has the Blue Jays' wild card odds at 97.8%. It's not a guarantee, but I'll put it on record that I have them in. It's a lock. They're getting in there hopefully. But I have some questions about how far they can actually go. The first one being, do they actually have the makeup of a World Series team? A pair of Jays have come out over the weekend and mentioned that pitching and defense wins World Series. The Jays definitely have both, but history shows that power, aka the long ball, is key to postseason success. And the Jays, even with Vladdy, Springer, Bichette, Brandon Belt, haven't been the power hitting team that most thought they would be. So what does that mean for a postseason push? And my second question is, will John Schneider's questionable decision-making cost them in the playoffs? The Romano decision at the weekend, not pinch-running Alejandro Kirk, leaving pitchers in too long, taking them out too early. Uh, It's a trend that's kind of worrying. So how will that affect them moving forward? And to help me answer these questions is today's guest, Andrew Zuber of Less Than Jays, a Toronto Blue Jays podcast. The Zoops has been covering this team for a very, very long time, so I'm excited to hear what he has to say about this Blue Jays team. All right, enough of this intro. Let's get to the pod. I'm Albert Vartanian, and this is Homestand Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Zooms, welcome back, buddy. How you doing? 
Oh, what's there to be? What's there to be sour about? Life is grand. Life is beautiful. <laughs> We're cruising. <laughs> this we got this whole baseball thing figured out. I think. I mean, listen. It's easy. We predicted that the Jays would be in this situation, and they would go to the trop and kill all those demons and destroy all those nightmares and win a series in Tampa Bay in September. A very important series. But I want to start with this. I believe in silver linings during challenging times. Do you, do you sure. believe in silver linings? Absolutely. It's a real. It's almost an ethos for me. It's very real. And some people are like, oh, it's oh, that bullshit, energies and faith. and Anyway, we're not going to get into that. But listen, that Texas sweep was maybe the best thing that could have happened to this Blue Jays team. Right? It lit a fire under their asses. Since then, they've won seven or last nine. They go four and, four and two on that road trip. Um, and let's not forget how doom and gloom it was after that Texas series. We talked about it, right? 30, they mm-hmm. outscored 35 to nine, booed by their fans, knocked out of a wild card spot. A lot of people wrote them off. I almost did. I almost wrote off the Blue Jays and said, you know what? This season is over. I can't watch this team anymore. Biggest series of the season. And you get swept by the Rangers. But things change, and now they're playing better baseball. Uh, that 9-5 to win yesterday, the Sunday, at the Trop against Tampa, we'll get into George Springer. But to me, maybe the best baseball I've seen the Blue Jays play all season, complete baseball, pitching, defense, and hitting. Yeah, playing clean. I think a great observation. I mean, listen, it's uh... – Trying to predict baseball is is foolhardy, but you know it was funny. the The vibe around the Texas series was like they just they don't care was sort of the vibe that people were giving. Right. It didn't seem like they cared, and it turns out that the 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 elixir, the sell for that, was two other teams that care even less in Boston and New York. It was perfect, absolutely perfect. Just you want to see not caring? Take a look at the twenty twenty three New York Yankees, baby. That is not caring baseball. Plus Garrett Cole. Um, yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been quite a turnaround. You said it nicely. They're complete baseball. They're playing clean baseball. They, they that Rays series, they outraised the Rays. Like they, they played great outfield defense. They got good pitching, and they waited. They went eye to eye and waited for the Rays to blink, and the Rays blinked, and they they capitalized on it. It was, uh, if you're looking for reasons to feel very good, that series against the Rays, it was was chock full of it. So, yeah, maybe the Texas series is what they needed. Maybe they needed that. You know. We are believing the hype, and we believe it's all going to come together. And Texas was a little bit of like, okay, well, you're going to have to earn it. And here they have uh, earned it over the last nine games, that's for sure. I'll give this Jays team credit. I mean, they, they don't give up. It's They have you know short memories, and we've talked about this before. What did you make of the the Tampa series and the Yankees series uh, that, we, that just passed, obviously? Um, I, th- I felt the Jays got a little bit lucky throughout those series as well. Uh, some bad pitching at times, wild pitches, hit by pitches, uh, tons of walks, bases loaded walks, which seems to be the, the Jays' new M.O. Um, I mean, you can only do with, with what you got in front of you, and they won those series, but still, it just seemed like a lot is, is going their way at the moment. Yeah, at first off, a lot of things not going their way. You sort of you sort of manifest your luck in those spots, right? You 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 draw the bases loaded walks by being patient. You you get the wild pitches by putting the pitchers in in pressure situations, and and that hasn't happened to the Jays because they've had really good defensive catchers. Uh, yeah, a, a little bit of luck, of course, as all things are, but that is the swings of of baseball. It's it's wild. It's 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 been a, it's been a, quite a little journey, but you know the the. the best thing you can do is try to minimize the randomness and do that by uh you know playing good defense and and doing the sound things and doing the small things and having a good approach and for me the real takeaway of the last nine games and the real takeaway of the Yankees series and the real takeaway especially of the Rays series is you you you, you try not to be reductive you try not to 
break everything down into like the entire season is about this one thing. But all year long, it was hammering as Vladdy's got to get it done and Springer's got to get it done. And the core guys, Vladdy, Springer, and Bo have to be the guys. Well, who have been the best hitters on the team in the last nine games? It's been Vladdy and it's been Springer and Bo's like he's coming around. Bouchette's been there. But, but mainly in the Boston series, it was a lot of Vlad. And in this race series, it was a lot of Springer. And it's not that it is that simple, but it also is kind of that simple. Those mm. guys driving things, they've they've been very good in in that, you know, the depth guys have sort of taken their turns carrying through phases. There was a couple weeks where it was David Schneider. There was a couple weeks where it was Merrifield. There was a couple weeks where it was Biggio. There was a couple weeks where it was Chapman. And they, they've, they've stemmed all these tides, and now it's got to be the guys. And it has been. And you see, it, it looks a lot easier when Vlad's hitting two home runs in a game. It looks a lot easier when Springer's, you know, hitting doubles and hitting inside the park home runs. Everything gets a lot easier. And and, and the guys like Varsho, like Kiermaier, who you rely on deep on defense, you, you focus a little bit less that Varsho isn't hitting because it's like, well, Vlad is. So it doesn't really matter that the eight, nine guys aren't hitting well. And this is sort of what the ideal version of this team is supposed to look like. If you drew up, what is the best, what's your best case 2023 Blue Jay? That's the way they played in the last nine games. Very good defense, very good pitching, and the clutch big names have come through in clutch big situations. It's uh, This is the recipe. This is the way it, it was supposed to be the entire 150 games before this. Uh, you mentioned the small things, which are super important, but when you have a guy who can literally do all the things, like George Springer, you mentioned it, what a game he had. I mean, maybe the best 25 mm-hmm. minutes of baseball I've seen in a long time, inside the park home <laughs> run, where he jogged to first, by the way. He was stargazing. He was watching that ball. If he decided to run out of the gates as fast as he could, he would have beat that throw by by a mile. So he hits inside the parker, follows that up with uh, you know throwing someone out at second, then a fantastic diving grab. Uh, we talked about September and October, George Springer, in the past podcast that we did. And, and it's showing up. I mean, listen, career, September, October, 284 average, 498 slugging, 127 in terms of RBI. I mean, this is why the Jays paid him that much money, $150 million over six years. It wasn't just for the regular season. It's for this time, the most important time in baseball. And I think the biggest difference I'm seeing in Springer over the past couple of seasons, and you probably agree with me, is health-wise. He seems to be a, a lot more healthier, and he's trusting himself, especially in the field. And right now, I don't see any way where George Springer cannot take this team as far as they want to go. Pretty quietly as well, 2020 guy. You talk about talk about five tool, like 20 right. steals, 20 home runs, uh, which is a little you know a little quieter, I think, than we expected it to be. But you're absolutely right, and you know, it, not lost on me that inside the park home run. I think every other year the Tampa Bay Rays center fielder makes that play. It just so happens that Kevin Kiermaier is now a Blue Jay. That's that's the ah. the, the, the small deteriorations right. that you see in in what the Rays are different now than they were before. Um, Rays baseball makes that play usually, but but the the difference you see in outfield defense, maybe it's not writ large, but there's one where it's like that you're very clearly seeing the difference there. Yeah, I mean, George is, it, it, when everything's going right, he's the engine of this team. He is the guy that is getting himself in situations where their depth and where their power hitters can drive him in or where he can wreak havoc on the base pass, or as you said, um, even defensively. And I think, I think I brought up outfield defense every time I've been on this show over the last month. But it, it has helped that he's the third defender out there. He's, he's the third best one. And he's able to sort of – doesn't have to – you know, in his first couple of years here, he's playing center field and he was going all out and throwing himself all over the place and bouncing off the turf. And every time he hit the ground, you're like, ooh, I hope he gets up off of that. Yeah. A little bit of that was there on Sunday. But, you know, he hasn't had to be spectacular in right field. He's had to be – he's been solid and good. He just so happens to have the two best outfield defenders playing to his right or to our left. 
it, it's it's been exactly what they needed from him. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you're talking about a time of year for this type of guy, a World Series MVP, a dude that has made the plays when it has mattered, a guy that has come up big in the biggest spots. That's what he's here for. And as annoying as this season is going to go down in the books, we're not going to remember it if they go on. If they go on a run here and Vlad and Springer have great Septembers and great Octobers, we're not going to remember that from March to August. It was pretty damn annoying to watch this team. It's not going to be remembered. They're going to remember, oh, that team won 90 games and went on a run. So this is where the legacies get made. This is where the names get made. Um, this is, to put a fine point on it, what it's all about. And uh, if you're if you're looking for optimism, I think George Springer is right there at the top of the list of guys who have really stepped up when they've needed to. Yeah, and you can't really underestimate how much that series win at Tropicana Field means at this time of the season, considering they still got three games left against Tampa. Most likely, most likely, can change, obviously, but most likely going to play Tampa at the Trop. So this, there, there's a lot of carryover, I think, from this past series mm-hmm. where, you know, individuals are, are starting to step up. The star guys are starting to step up. We'll get into Vladdy. But, I mean, just to have that, in a, it, that, that mentality now, like, hey, listen, we can go there and beat these guys and beat them comfortably, not only with pitching and defense, but our bats. Any way we can beat these guys, and we might meet them in the playoffs, it has to give that whole team a ton of confidence. And you know, obviously, was a very it was a very big uh, series win, and not to be overlooked. Like a lot of important players from the Rays left this series injured. That's very true. Andy Diaz yeah. pulled from that game. Randy Rosarena pulled from that game. Uh, Brandon Lau out, out of that series. Uh, <clears throat> Wander Franco uh, <clears throat> not on the, not on the roster. We'll oh, yeah, say. that guy. Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan not yeah. not there. Aaron Savali not there. There's like there's like eight really important players on the Tampa Bay Rays that are not here. And I know we've been through this a million times that the Rays, the vibe is like next man up. It's infinity. It's infinity guys. They could go 50 deep. It does eventually catch up and, and maybe it doesn't catch up in, in the, the macro sense, but in little things like the center field, they're not making that play because Jose Siri is not healthy. Um, and they've, they've downgraded from Kiermaier. It's, it's the little trickle down. It, it maybe not is the complete picture, but it's, you know, they're bringing in guys who are, they're less complete players. There are there are weaknesses to have. So yeah, I, I think it's not the nightmare that it would have seemed to be a month ago, where it's like, would you take the Blue Jays going into the trop as your wild card? You oh man, it's a nightmare. Drop the WC three, please play the team in the central. I don't think it's as much of a nightmare given you know how well the Jays are playing and and how much the Rays are dealing with in terms of adversity. It, it wouldn't be surprising to me than to be pretty okay with going to the trop and 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 you know seeing what we saw this weekend. I think it's a reasonable thing to to not be too uh, I don't want to say worried, but not be too scared of the ghosts, if you will, uh, of Tropicana Field. Yeah, I was going to save this to later, but I'll ask you now. So that they have the Yankees coming up, the Jays off day today. Yankees coming up, and then the Tampa Bay Rays at home to finish off the regular season. The Rays right now are two and a half games back of the Orioles for the AL East. But you just mentioned it. I mean, they're missing so many key players. Yandy Diaz, to me, is one of the best players in baseball, at least one of the best players in the American League. So good. I mean, you don't want to go into the postseason with a banged-up squad. They probably are going to be because of all the injuries that they do have. But do you think there's a chance that Tampa potentially maybe throws in the flag? They already locked up the first wild-card spot. They're probably going to meet the Jays. In the wild card, you're going to meet them the final three games of this season. Do you really need to to go all in in that series, which would in turn potentially maybe save a starter like Gosman, who's projected to go the final day of the season? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because the Jays, you know, not only have they taken care of their own business, the, the West has really shaken out in a way that's like you couldn't really ask for it much more. That first part of the Texas-Seattle 
the Astros can't beat Kansas City. And, you know, the Texas-Seattle series, basically your your wish is just somebody sweep. We don't really care who. Texas ends up doing it. Seattle ends up following uh, falling quite a bit behind. And, yeah, I think with, with the way that teams are playing each other, I'm pretty sure the Jays can – they won't officially clinch, but can technically clinch as early as Wednesday – um, just because you know, the other teams aren't going to be able to get to 90 wins with a certain permutation. So if the Jays can get there, um, with they're at 87 now, so if they can get two, they get to 89. If nobody else can get to 90, they probably are going to get a, a a ticket. I would expect it's possible that Jays-Rays series at the end of the year does not have a ton on the line. I, I, I think you are right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see... You know, Bowden Francis making a couple appearances. Mm. Ryu probably still makes his start. I don't know that he's going to be a guy that they look at um, to pitch in the wild card. That's for sure. In those three games, I would expect you might see a shutdown. You try to win your try to win your two three games, get yourself to ninety, and then say, you know, we're saving ourselves for this wild card because it's going to be all hands on deck. It's going to be absolute madness. It's going to be absolute chaos. Wild card baseball in Tampa. I don't care who's on the roster. I know I just said the opposite of that, but the building itself uh, invites chaos. So I expect, um, I do expect some, some rest down the stretch. To, to play all six games full out um, probably won't be necessary given the matchups on the other side. Uh, I have a question for you about Vladdy. So he's getting hot right now, clearly. You know, hits two home runs on Sunday, 25th and 26th. He's slashing 266, 345, 448, and 660 plate appearances. Uh, I was going through some numbers yesterday. I was looking at the uh, AL stats in, in terms of RBI. Vladdy is the only J in the top 25 of RBI in the American League. Um, I don't know what that stat tells me outside of he's driving in runs, but what do you make of that when you hear that Vladdy is the only J in the top 25 considering how, quote-unquote, uh, a poor of a season he's had? Well, it's a matter of expectations, right? It's, it's like there's two ways to look at that. You've always been the best player, and you go, okay, but 25 is not that great, right? O- almost every team in the league has somebody better than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not the bill that we were sold. We were mm-hmm. not sold the, like, he's going to be the best player and there's going to be uh, two and a half times the amount of guys you can count in your hands better than him it's just sort of not it's it's maybe it's not fair maybe the expectations are are there what they are but he was a he was a 1000 ops guy two years ago so it's not like we're we're not making this up right we're not making up that oh he's supposed to be better than this and this little stretch here is sort of the prince we were promised this is supposed to be what it's look what it looks like where you can't make a mistake where it's punishment where it's insurance runs where it's add-ons has he been uh, a very threatening hitter has he been the best player in terms of offense, uh, yeah, more than likely, it's it's just a matter of like what is what what do you consider good enough, right? And it sort of lands on um, your own personal expectation. I think there's a lot more to be to be gleaned there. You you laid out the the numbers, the split that gives you an OPS of just over 800, mm. right? I think something like that. Yep. That's two that's 200 points of OPS drop from his from his heights. Like it's a, that's considerable. That's that's quite a bit of drop. So. You know, I sort of see both sides of it. I see the side of being like, okay, well, he's still a top 25 hitter. But I also see the side of like top 25 is not what we're talking about when we talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. If you were like George Springer's top 25, I'd be like, that's awesome. If you were like uh, Matt Chapman's top 25, I'd be like, that's amazing. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is supposed to be a hitter, full stop. You're not, not there for defense. He's not there for base running. He's not there for anything but hitting. Top 25 is fine. We're looking for great. We're looking for excellent. We're looking for carry the team. And that's we see very clearly. I think this is sort of one of those funny things where it's like, I actually feel all the more vindicated about being hard on Vlad because of the last week where it's like, instead of being like, it hasn't been that bad. It's like, no, look, this is when he's hitting, they don't lose. It's right. it's almost that simple, right? When, when, when George and Vlad 
are playing well, they basically can't be touched because they can pitch and they can field. That's that. That's the whole crux of this argument, right? Is like they've been good enough, yes, but it's also not wrong to want this team with the talent they have to win 105 games. It's it's not wrong to be like, oh, one half is like, oh, look at this. See, they're they're going to get into the playoffs, and the other half's like, okay, but they should be winning the East, right? They should be better than Baltimore. I don't think that's crazy to say. And this is the debate that we've had all year long. Luckily, we are at the part of the year where it's just win, baby. Just win today. The, the the big season, the big picture, we can deal with all that in November. Let's win on September 26th. Let's win on the 27th. Let's win on the 28th. Let's deal with it in early October. I think um, the Vlad is an interesting optics test. Uh, he might end up with another 30 home run year somehow, some way. It'll, it'll, it'll be a stretch. But, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of expectation and a matter of um, what he's capable of versus what he's delivering. Yeah, I feel like we're definitely at the point where there's no point in looking back on what happened. It, it, it's all about the uh, now. No and, and that's difficult for us because we kind of have to look back and figure out what the hell's going on and what's going to happen. Um, so some interesting quotes came out over this Tampa Bay series that I want to bring to you. And, and I dug into some numbers. So the first one came after game one. Uh, it was Chris Bassett. You probably saw this. He said, I, I think a lot of people thought our identity was our hitting coming into the year. Now it's kind of an awkward panic. But I think our identity is just pitching and defense. I think that's what wins World Series is pitching and defense. Um, after yesterday's game, Sunday's game, the final game against Tampa Bay, Brandon Belt, who's not playing but has been traveling with the team, uh, he said this. He goes, in my opinion, pitching and defense is what wins you games in the playoffs with timely hitting. We've been doing that really well. A lot of times um, who can make the least amount of mistakes in the playoffs uh, wins. That's where we've been excelling, and that's going to bode well for when we get into the playoffs. Before I get into some of the numbers that I pulled, because you know when I think of a World Series theme, team, I think of power, I think of home runs. Um, that seems to be the case with teams that win the World Series. But for you, you know, what what ingredients make a World Series team? I agree. I do agree with you. Like the, the last year's Philadelphia Phillies would like a word on the on the we have to have good pitching and good. They didn't have either, right. either one of those things. They just bashed the ball and, and made the World Series. It's an interesting case study. It's a stretch to look at how they won the Rays series and whereas like they just played a little bit cleaner. They they waited out the mistakes. They played um they played clean. They sort of played, you know, the old mistake free football. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't give away outs. They didn't make mistakes. They don't throw wild pitches. The catchers don't give pass balls. They don't get crossed up. Um they do a really, really, really great job of that. Like underratedly great job for all the praise we give the pitching they they've stolen like 90 or something like 90 runs defensively that's that's astronomical they're like yeah. 30 runs ahead of the rest of the league in that way um but the timely hitting is a, is a big part of that and i think the key takeaways from that is mistake free is, is is you know limiting the randomness limiting the chaos because that that is what you're dealing with in baseball and and limiting the extra things so many times you see it in the playoffs, a, a ball bounces in that shouldn't, or an error gets made, and the next pitch gets sent to the moon, and that's where the that's where the the problems compound, and the camera gets shaky, and the, suddenly you don't trust your bullpen. That all comes from mistakes, and I think what they're what they're talking about is minimizing mistakes, and I think that is pretty close to right on. That is sort of has been, you know, when you look back at the season, it's obviously been you expect a lot from the offense a lot of this way, but they they other than the four games against Texas. I don't remember them really going on an extended like losing streak. And the reason for that was that the pitching and defense just didn't, they just didn't really get blown out, right? They didn't, they would win games 3-1 or they would win games 2-1 or they would lose 3-1 or they, like there was a lot of low scoring, but they were coming out on the right side of it. And the wins didn't feel great, but they were doing enough to get themselves where they are. 
And I think that is a really good sign because now, as we're seeing, you get a dash, you get literally you get two clutch hits in a game, and they're up 5-1, and the game's over because they have the bullpen, because they have the starting pitching, and they have the defense. That's going to be put to the test, obviously, to the max in the playoffs. But the other side of this is... If they get in, who are you really scared of, right? Who, who's, who, who else is playing really mistake-free baseball? You have an 83-win team in the Central. You have the, the teams in the West that keep tripping all over each other's, And you have this brand-new, young Baltimore team that 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 is just sort of not slumped at any point all year long. The, the, the window is there. If they can play mistake-free, and, and as Brandon Belt said, just get a couple timely hits, get, get three timely hits. Uh, they have the pitching, they have the defense to take care of the rest of the pieces. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of reason to believe that this is a model that can win in the playoffs. I think the the quiet part loud is, you know, you have Gosman, you have Rios, and you have Bassett. Um, are you going to be using Ryu? Are you going to be using Kikuchi? Or are you leaning heavily heavy on those three guys mm. in a playoff rotation? You probably do. You're probably waiting for a seven-game series to slip in a Kikuchi, and maybe he's piggybacked with Ryu. But they, they certainly have three guys that... Uh, I think you're you're pretty confident in in pitching in big spots in this in this playoff spot. So yeah, in terms of a, a, a base to build a playoff winning team, I do think sort of um, you know pitching in defense is is a, is a pretty good model, especially with the potential as we've seen the potential that the lineup has um, to put up numbers in a hurry if they can get it clicking. Yeah, and it's just been that this season, right? The potential waiting for it to crack. We've seen it happen before, but this is this is this can be an exceptional offensive power hitting team. So the numbers that I pulled up, this is the postseason stats from 2019 to 2022. In 2022, when the Astros beat Phillies four uh, two, uh, in terms of home runs, the Phillies topped in that postseason with 24. Astros number two, both teams in the World Series. Uh, in terms of pitching, two had. You know the better pitching staffs uh, in the postseason at the time. 2021, the Braves beat the Astros 4-2. Those damn Astros in the World Series once again. Home runs, Braves, number one. Astros, number three. Both pitching staffs were good, not great. 2020, Dodgers beat the Rays. Rays and Dodgers, one and two in terms of home runs. Pitching for the Dodgers was good. For the Rays, uh, they gave up the most bombs, so not great. 2019, the Nationals beat the Astros. Those Astros again. Home runs, one and two. Astros and Nationals, and the pitching uh, for both sides. I mean, they had incredible rotations. You have Verlander, Granke, Garrett Cole, Scherzer, Strasburg, Annabelle Sanchez, incredible. So the Jays definitely, I agree with you, they have the pitching, they have the defense. I'm not going to disagree with Brandon Belt, who's got, you know, two rings. You cannot disagree with that, and I've never played the game. But with that said, it's all good to have the pitching and the defense, but if you're not connecting, I feel like the Jays need to figure this out right now. And Maybe the turning point was this Tampa series, but without the long ball, it just it just feels like they can't make that deep push into the postseason. Yeah, and and you know there's reasons for that, and I think one of the chief ones is you run into a lot of good pitching this time of the year. That's sort of the whole point, and uh, it's a lot harder to rely on. We're gonna hit four singles. We're gonna hit multiple doubles in this inning to put up runs, right? You sort of in in the playoffs, the reasons those teams with home runs are succeeding so well is is it can be really hard to put together sustained rallies against great pitching you sort of maybe you have to rely on the like one big swing got us two runs right. here and that was really important one big swing won us this game um because things get so tight and and extra base runners get so hard to come by that is sort of part and parcel and, and it really has been a the last 10 years the bullpen usage in playoffs games has really amped up and the, the power arms and these guys are throwing so hard and they're not afraid of that, that sort of instant offense 
um, is a big part of sort of building the modern team. So I do agree with you. They're going to have to find the power um, on the paper again with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., with Bo Bichette, with with George Springer. You, you on paper you do have the guys that that can deliver those moments um, when they have them, and it's it, it's going to be. I didn't want to say make or break, but you know you you will see a lot more leaning on those home runs uh, in these big spots than than trying to piece together the bases loaded walk uh, rallies, the four straight walks, the, the new calling card is to just not swing. Uh, I know. Uh, walks, I mean, really good at-bats. we got to give them credit for the really good at-bats. Certainly. But a lot of Certainly. walks, a lot of wild pitches over the past couple of series, and it's like, if those things don't happen, I mean, it's baseball. They, they, they did happen. They can't erase them. But if those things don't happen based on what their bats are doing, they probably don't win a lot of those series. Yeah, and it's the same thing, right? We, you can you can look at the Red Sox series and say if the center fielder doesn't take a step in, they lose <laughs> the middle right. game. There you go. And yeah. like the, there's all kinds of things that if if one guy makes one play, the Jays uh, win instead of lose. You can take that back as the, the the year the Nationals won the World Series, they they should have lost in the wild card game, but the the third string right fielder misplayed a ball, and and that ended up being the runs, and they went on this huge. It happens, right? That's the randomness. Of, that's why we love the sport and all these sports so much is the. It all makes sense until one thing that isn't supposed to happen happens. And it's how do you deal with that? What does that cause? What's the if-then uh, sort of situation? That's what makes it so exciting. And what makes playoff baseball so cruel. So oh, cruel. So cruel. But I cannot wait for it. It's just around the corner. <laughs> one more thing before I let you go. Um, a bit of a negative, I think. I mean, a lot of positives coming out of the past couple of series. Sure. Jays. Uh, but John Schneider, his decision-making. Decision um it's hard for me to understand. I'm going to go back to, I believe it was game two against Tampa Bay. Um, and let me just recount this for anybody who doesn't know. So entering the bottom of the ninth inning in that game, the Blue Jays had a 6-5 lead. Um, and then Schneider turned the ball over to Romano. Of course, you're going to bring your closer. He's been the guy for a long time and you know one of the best closers in baseball. He gave up three consecutive hits, uh, which resulted in Tampa Bay tying the game. And throughout all of this, Romano kept looking at his finger. He had a cracked fingernail, which we learned after the game. And Sportsnet, the broadcast, even, you know, showed a replay of him warming up, looking at that fingernail. After every pitch, he looked at it. Before every pitch, he looked at it. So it was obviously an issue. It was hurting him. And it didn't look like it, it, it hurt his execution of his pitches that much, but he was giving away some hits. He got a strikeout in that inning as well. Anyway, lefty Tim Meza was warming up. Uh, I emphasize left because Josh Lowe, uh, who came up to bat, struggles against lefties. He's a switch hitter, but against lefties, he hits 220. Against righties, you're looking at 290, 70 RBIs. Big difference there. Schneider decided to leave him in. After a mound visit, by the way, with the trainer, hey, Romano, you okay? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm fine. Keep me in. Keep me in. He decided to trust his guy and go with his guy. What happens next? As we all know, Romano first pitch, opposite field single, the Rays walk it off and win. Um, this seems to be a trend with John Snyder at the moment. Uh, some of his, you know, you can question some of his decisions with uh, starters in the rotation, some bullpen decisions. You can go back to Alejandro Kirk on third base. He didn't pinch run for him late in the game on third. Uh, why he didn't do that, no one really knows. He didn't really give a, a valid excuse to that reasoning. But do you think, you know, as good as the Blue Jays are and can be, can, can John Snyder be the one to hold them back this postseason if they make it in? <sighs> It's tough. Uh, it is tough, and and I'm I'm fully with you. It's sort of like what is Mesa warming up for if not that situation, right? There's no reason for him to be hot there if he's not coming in to face that guy and turn him around so he's not facing. There's, I think there's two lefties in there that he uh, gets through, and and not only that, you also burned Romano the day before. He threw 20 plus pitches and getting four outs in a game they won by four runs. 
um, not using Swanson in that spot when they when they could have to to probably seal out a tough eighth inning and then cruise through the four run ninth. It's funny the the John Schneider issues only seem to happen in big games. It's the weirdest. It's like the weirdest thing. I'm not saying that as like it's a narrative thing. It's like it literally every one of the like what is Schneider doing ends up being last year's playoffs. The hook on Gosman was like a little. You're like. Eh. I don't know if that would have been the thing. There was a, earlier this year in one of the big spots, uh, leaving Bassett in a little bit longer, some pinch hitting. You mentioned the lack of pinch running or the pinch running uh, decisions. You have, you know, Santiago Espinal is pinch hitting sometimes. Um, he's a rookie manager. He is a rookie manager. You you, you can't dance around that. And, and whether that's going to matter or not, we will see. This could be a matter of just sort of putting the most you know, the John Gibbons, Cito Gaston method of just put the most talented guys out there, and they're the players, and they will do it. But yeah, these little micro decisions. This is what makes it again what makes it so tantalizing. The playoff baseball is it's the little micro things, the little inches here and there, the plays that do or don't get made, the pitchers that are and aren't there, the calls on the edges. Um, it's an edge that they may not have this is an mm-hmm. advantage they may not have against a lot of teams you have some you have some teams with some very good managers left in this spot um and that's going to be the, the chess match i think ultimately you know the romano one is you ultimately do see like right like as you said you see that you see you see the logic of like he's your closer and you trust him and you go with him and if he tells you on the mound he's good to go you'll probably trust him but Again, the ultimate that is, so what is Mesa doing? Like, what situation is he warming up for? Because if they got out of it, it would be the next inning and he'd be warming up for an extra 10 minutes for no real reason. It doesn't really add up, similar to the pinch run thing, where it's like he gave an explanation, but it almost made it worse, where you're like, okay, if that's the explanation, I'm actually more upset than I would have been. Right. Um, it's going to rear its head at least once. At least one thing is going to happen where we get questioning. That's the whole point of the manager it'll be a referendum because this is the this is a a third manager for this uh you know front office they they started with gibbons they went to charlie now they have john who is more or less their guy um we will see you know i think i have faith that ultimately you know you look at you've already used the phillies before but they replaced their manager mid-season last year and uh he ended up taking them to the world series based solely on like we're hitting more home runs so i don't know what you want me to do um I feel the same way about this as if Vladdy and Springer are hitting, it makes John Schneider's job a lot more easy, but there are some uh, hints here and there that, that they may have to survive in spite of some decisions coming up. Yeah. That, that decision with Romana really baffled me. It bothered me. Actually, I was watching the game. I'm, and we can clearly see that it's affecting him. I mean, yes. this is such an important game in September against Tampa Bay, a team you might play in the wild card. Make the decision. You got to override your guy sometimes. I mean, we're watching it. We're like, this clearly bothering him. Get the lefty in there. And maybe the same thing happens. But the, the correct decision, in my opinion, is you get that guy out of there. Hey, listen, we got to save you for another day. We're going to give us a, the best shot to win this game. And going, you, you, you made a great point by saying, listen, he's a rookie manager. And I've been saying this all season long. Unfortunately, he's learning on the job. And he's learning on a job mm-hmm. with the team that was you know, expected to challenge for a division title was expected to challenge for potentially a World Series, at least represent the American League. And, I mean, he's kind of in an unfortunate position, if that makes sense, for a rookie manager, where you get put into a team that has such high expectations. But listen, when you're in that position, uh, there's a reason why you're the manager. you got to make these decisions, even if you're inexperienced, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. These tough calls are only going to get tougher. No, nothing is getting easier in the next two no. weeks, that's for sure. No, it's not. Uh, okay, Zoops, I've held on to you long enough. Thank you so much for doing this. I'll let everyone know where they can find your stuff. Uh, yeah, Less Than Jay's podcast. We are going to be cranking it up and cranking it out because there is so much to talk about. I am... I could talk about baseball ten hours a day right now. I'm in that I'm in that zone where it's like I could I could never hang up this call and just go and go and go. Uh, yeah, less than Jay's podcast. Catch us again. We're going to be doing obviously a ton of uh, post game in the postseason as well. Wednesday night, ten o'clock on twitch.tv slash wrestling brain if you're a wrestling fan AEW dynamite post show with myself and josh custodio every week it's so much fun uh it's a bit of a whirlwind crazy one but we have a lot of fun on there going live on twitch and zoops hopefully the next time we chat we're talking about some some postseason ball here some october yeah, well, ball, absolutely right. absolutely we're a week away we're yes, a week we away. are i'll be in touch so we can chat next week can't wait all right, thank you so much to the Zoobs for jumping on the podcast to talk Blue Jays baseball. Fantastic conversation. A lot that we got into and will continue to get into uh, as long as the Jays remain alive heading into the postseason next week. Uh, Blue Jays baseball hopefully back in the playoffs. I'll have the Zoobs on. We'll break that down. Uh, just three games to go for the Jays. They need three wins, and they're in out of the last six. Remember, they got the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. So we'll see what they're made of. Uh, for this podcast, anytime you want to download it, anytime we drop a new pod, you can download it at Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch the video version of this episode, head over to Homestand Sports YouTube. We post the full video version up there after every single episode. Uh, we got a new podcast dropping on Friday. It'll be NFL Week 4 Picks and Predictions with me, Sean McCormick, and Justin Pooney. That'll be every Friday throughout the entire NFL season, but look out for new episodes every Monday and Friday right here on Homestand Sports. 